Come on, grab your seats. We're going to jump right in. The holidays are upon us. Christmas is here. Christmas traditions, you have any? Come on, who's got Christmas traditions that they love? Come on, you rock your Christmas sweater. This is my Christmas sweater. It's Christmas time and I'm wearing a sweater. Uh, one of ours, Christmas, Liz loves the Christmas traditions and I love her. So therefore, I love the Christmas traditions as well. There's one I begrudgingly love and that's on uh, Thanksgiving night that we break out the Christmas jammies. And yes, they're matching. And I've been fighting it for years. And this year I embraced it ahead of time. I just made it my decision. I'm gonna be an honoring husband. I'm gonna be a sacrificial servant. And listen, this is what God done did. We all had matching pants, but she just had a black long sleeve t-shirt. I was like, God, won't you do it? I held on to my dignity and I kept my Christmas cheer. I can get a little bah humbug every once in a while. You know, one of the weird ones in my family growing up um, is that we opened like the majority of our gifts on Christmas Eve. Hello, yeah. And they were always out under the tree early. Because in my family, growing up, we didn't make any room for ho, ho, ho. It was no, no, no. This is about Jesus. And so we opened them all up super early. Uh, but, you know, we have Santa here in a couple weekends, so we're going to honor, honor him as well. Um, the, the giving of gifts. Come on, that, how many, you love the gifts. I know there's a lot of pressure. Mom and dad, there's a lot of pressure to get things right. I know you got that awkward gift giving where you wonder, are they going to get you a gift? You know, so you got to preemptively prepare just in case. Like, is my boss going to give me a gift? Do I need to give my boss a gift? Uh, to the staff, the answer is yes. And, but gift giving, we know that the wise men came and they brought gifts to Jesus. Those gifts actually sustained and fueled his, his ministry. They escaped to Egypt, saved his life, and fueled their family for, for their future. Um, the gift of Jesus, that's what we're all about here. The greatest gift, the greatest gift of all. I'm, I'm a big believer for me, uh, I like gift cards. In fact, just, just a couple weeks ago, Liz was cleaning out the house and in my closet space, my little catch-all and in the junk drawer, come on, y'all have a junk drawer. Liz is pulling out all these gift cards that people have given me. And she's like, babe, have you forgotten about these? She's like, no, this is how I play it. I play it like a squirrel, I, I stick them away. Because I'm after big gifts, you know what I mean? I, I will add them up together and get something I, I really want. But we know this greatest gift of all, it's not a tangible, like physical thing. It's not something you hold, it's something that holds you. It's not something that you can just use or, or even break. It's something that changes you, that breaks something open in you. It's the gift of Jesus, the greatest of all gifts. Now, we know in this gift, we know, because we, we've grown up in church, and we've heard the nativity story, and, and we know Easter's story, that it's a gift that was born to us, a child was given to us, that on his shoulders, he can carry the weight of the world, he can carry the weight of your world. And then we know that he carried our sins to Calvary's cross, and he died in our place, and he rose from the grave because he is victorious, and that same spirit lives in you. And so we know in our mind, this gift is a salvation gift for an eternity, but do you always have the gift for today. But it's not just that one day when we meet him into eternity, it's for the here and the now. There is more to the gifts of Jesus. These spiritual blessings, spiritual gifts, they're not tangible gifts, but they will change everything about you. And as your pastor, I wanna, I wanna, I'm gonna do a re-gift today. You ever do a re-gift? 
something that someone gave you, you do not open, you do not use, and you give it to somebody else? I'm gonna do a re-gift. I'm gonna, some things I feel like that God has taught me in my 42 years uh, and is revealing even more to me every day, I, I wanna give it to you. Can pastor give you a gift today? Is that all right? I got three things I feel like that, that, that many people, you have it already in Christ, but, but it doesn't have you. It's not, it's not open in your life. It's kind of like that gift card. It has value on it, but you do not actually receive anything until you, until you use it. And for some of you, there is so much Christ-given potential, purpose, blessing, favor, hope, peace, joy, the best of God for every day of your life, not just the mountaintop moments, but even in the midst of a valley that feels like misery, there is a gift for you that I wanna make sure you have at work in your life. In fact, you already have it if you're a believer today, but you're not unwrapping it, unpacking it, you're not utilizing it, you're not living in it. I got a gift from me to you that is both personal and valuable. It's just for for you. Can we pray? Come on, are you ready to receive something good today? Let's have an open heart to hear from heaven. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity to gather and worship. We don't take this for granted. Your word says that we should gather all the more as the days grow darker. We're living in some dark days here on the earth. Some people in our church going through some difficult days right here now. And so as we gather, we don't come for a religious experience. We come for a relational connection with God. We come to bring back our praise and worship to you. We come to grow in the community of faith. We come to mature by not just knowing the word, but living in the word of God and making it the way that we operate, the way that we think. Holy Spirit, we invite you, the greatest gift from salvation comes the Spirit of God that changes us and makes us more like Jesus. Lord, I thank you. You unpack everything that needs to be unpacked and you bless your people today because it's who you are and that's what you do. In the mighty name of Jesus, can I get a big amen? Amen. amen. It is giving and receiving season. We know that the greatest gift came from Jesus. Everyone knows this verse, even if you've never been in church, it's John 3, 16. This is the motivation and the ministry of God to you is a, is a ministry of giving. It's a ministry of blessing his people. It says, for God so loved. That's the motivation. The motivation of God was love for you. He so loved this world. Now, the scripture also says that if only one person would have received Jesus, God would have done it anyway. That means the value on this gift is not only something that is priceless because none of us could pay for our own sins. It also is personal. That it's just for, it's for you. It's for the whole world, but it's just for you. And the motivation was love. He didn't have to. He, he didn't do it under compulsion. He did it from passion. He loved you so much that he gave this, this gift. He loved the world. He gave his one and only son. He gave him very, his very self so that whoever believes, if we put faith in him, we will not perish, but we're gonna have an everlasting life with God. What a gift. Come on, you ever get a gift and, and someone bought something for you that is so out of, like you would never want, never use, it's like they don't even know you? Like what are you thinking? And then you gotta fake that. Some of you fake that when you walk into church. Everything's fine, everything's perfect. I love it, life is good. But you have to do that moment, that awkward moment. It's like, oh, awesome, thank you. Now, what is it? <laughs> yeah, I can see how some people would find that interesting. Because it, maybe it wasn't very costly or maybe it wasn't very personal. This gift of Jesus is, it's costly. Like the greatest cost 
of all. No greater love than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. Jesus laid down his life because we're not just to be around God, we're to be friends, family with God. So what was, what was Jesus thinking with this costly gift? He's like, I'm gonna give all of me to all of you. To whoever just puts their faith in me will receive the fullness of what God has, has for them. It is a 100% complete and perfect for every single recipient. It's a gift that, it is the gift that keeps on giving. And some of you are living with less than the best of God's gifts in your life. You have salvation. Oh, come on. Celebrate the fact that we are forgiven. But we also have family with God. In fact, if I want to give you a gift or re-gift you something, uh, the first one would be this. I want to give you this gift of perspective. Not perspective and like, okay, life is short and make every day count. No, perspective of who you are to God. This is a gift. When you unlock this in your life, it will change the way that you love your spouse. It will change the way that you raise your kids. It will change the way you deal with disappointments. It will change the way you deal with victory and promotion because you realize, oh, I, I belong to something that's bigger than my, myself. This isn't really about me. But really the gift of perspective that I think God wants to give every single one of us in here today, every single believer, is that you start to see yourself the way that God sees you. That's the perspective gift. A confidence in who you really are. Some of you aren't very confident in life. Maybe you didn't grow up having people believe in you or or cheer you on. Or maybe you've uh, you messed up a lot and there's a lot of disappointments. But there's a confidence that isn't in your ability to perform. It's a gift that you receive from the perfect gift of Jesus that says, it's not what I've done. That's not really who I am. It's my identity in Christ. Listen, that I'm a son and a daughter of God. It's who I belong to. Not all the broken things of my my yesterday. Because who do you think you really are? Do, are you just the sum of your own abilities? Are, are you your decisions of yesterday and decisions matter? That's the power of being a disciple and making God decisions. But who are you really? You're not your mistakes. You're not even your sin issues. You're not even your family of origin and what they say about you. When you are born again, you can have a new perspective that it's based upon God perfecting you as a son or a daughter, not into a son or a daughter. It's a place you live from, not something you're aspiring towards. You are fully whole and complete in Christ. You might have taken some L's this year, but you're not a loser. You're above and not beneath. You're the head and not the tail. Overwhelming victory is yours in Christ Jesus. You're a recipient of amazing grace every single day. You're spiritually gifted. You're more than a conqueror. And this is a perspective I want you to unlock and unwrap and utilize because it's like a gift card with value not being used. In your life, even this holiday, this Christmas season, receive the gift, use the gift, get the perspective because perspective matters. We allow the messaging of this world, let's be honest, the enemy out there to try to steal our identity is always after you thinking you are less than you actually are in Christ. The world says about you, you're incapable, you're weak, you're not accepted, you're gonna be judged, 
You're only as good as your last effort or experience that you per you're there to perform for other people. You're condemned, you're an outsider, you're a failure, you're left behind, you're partially loved, but not fully loved. And every bit of the enemy's whisper that is the culture that permeates this world, that gets you up in the morning and makes you work harder and try to aspire for something instead of living from a place of satisfaction and stepping into life with a place of strength is because the enemy is trying to get you to not know the perspective of who you are in Christ. Ephesians chapter one, verse seven says that in him, do you know as a believer, the moment you said yes to Jesus, you are now in Christ. You are now not in your yesterday, you're in him. And in him, we have the redemption through his blood. I love that word redemption. It means my mistakes are getting turned around for something good. My broken life is becoming God's best life in my future. Redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with what? To the riches of God's grace, what a gift that he doesn't give a little bit. Come on, how many know you're looking at the Christmas budget and you're thinking, what is the best gift I can get for this amount? Come on, we all have that budget battle this time of year. You wanna give something special, but this is what the funds are saying. And it's a no fund way to live. But the, the, Jesus is this gift that God what, lavished on us. It's like a more than enough. It's the God of overflow. It's the God of, of the more blessing, more grace, more fulfillment, more peace, more joy. See, in him you have this inheritance because you're accepted, forgiven, and being redeemed. You have access, you've been adopted into his family as God's very own children and a perfect father takes care of his kids. The devil, the enemy, does not want you to understand who you really are because in him, in Christ, not only are you forgiven, but you're a force to be reckoned with. That you live in the kingdom of God, not just in this nation. That you're a bringer of light, a bringer of hope. You're an ambassador of grace. You have a mission, a calling, and your potential in Christ is beyond any limit that you have in your natural. It's a supernatural person, place from a, a supernatural position. Because if you could get this gift and stop discounting who you are in Christ. It would change your life. It would change your morning, it would change your, your hard times, it would change the, the good times, because you'd have things in right perspective. First Thessalonians chapter two says, I love this from the message, it says, it is clear to us, friends, that God not only loves you very much, but also has his hand on you for something special. Uh, that, he, that he's created you for something special. Not only am I forgiven, but I've been brought into this family and I have a hands-on God who puts his hands on my life. He put his hand on your life to take you to a place of purpose and unleash a God-given potential. And this perspective, what it gives us confidence of who we are. It gives us confidence. Confidence means a full trust and belief in the powers, trustworthiness, or reliability of a person or a thing. It gives you a God confidence that you don't have to have this all figured out on your own. If you know who your father is, it changes the way that you see yourself, it's perspective. Hebrews 10 tells us don't throw away your confidence. Don't throw away your confidence. The enemy is after your confidence, why? Because he wants to stop the great reward that comes with your confidence. The confidence or your faith in who God is and what he's called you to do and who you are in Christ has a reward in it. God so desperately doesn't want you to miss the, the reward of what it really means to be walking as a son and daughter 
of the Most High God. And if you give from this place, this perspective in Christ, you start to receive it, to start fully trusting it. You can be 100% sure that God is on your side and even in a difficult situation that he's gonna make a way through where there is no way and he can finish everything that he started because according to my word that when we're in Christ that we have every promise of God that is yes and amen in Christ. That you can start actually believing bigger, not based upon what you've seen in blessings of yesterday or how hard you work today. Diligence is beautiful, but we do diligence in our service of God from a place of sonship or as a daughter of God. If I could give you a gift, I would give you this God-given perspective that produces a God-given confidence, and you would start to see yourself as God sees you. And when you start to get even a glimpse of that, it will change your world, and you will change the world, which gives us the second gift. If I start knowing who I really am and start living according to that place of confidence and faith in God, it gives me a purpose. God wants to give you a purpose in this life that's beyond existence, it's beyond retirement, it's beyond just marriage and family, all those things are blessing and beautiful. It's something divinely you've been called to do. We'll call it destiny, we'll call it your God-given potential, and it's something that God wants to unlock in your life, something to actually live for. Some of us are trying to just make it happen and just to live and to exist. But the gift of Jesus is so much more than just existence on the earth with a relationship with God. It's a revelation that you have a God-given identity and a God-given purpose. And if you could unleash this purpose that you receive in Christ, it would change your world. It's a gift that gets you up in the morning to live a life that's bigger than anything you've experienced in your yesterday. It's amazing what happens to your life when you attach yourself to a purpose that's bigger than you. The call of God on your life. Martin Luther King said, if a man hasn't found something he will die for, he isn't fit to live. Jesus doesn't need your death. He's already handled that on the cross. And I think, by the way, in the middle of America, martyrdom is pretty small chances. But our Bible says that in views of the mercies of God, we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. That every day as I live, as I live this life in its fullness by the grace of God and the empowerment of God, as I know I'm a son and daughter of God and I have a right perspective of who I am with Christ, that I have a purpose and so I will pour out my life as a sacrifice for him and for the reaching of others. A God-given purpose. And stop settling. Stop settling for just what you can obtain in your own ability the scraps that you can manage for yourself. And when you step into right perspective and right purpose, you will start seeing yourself as not someone who needs, but someone who gives. Someone who comes to bless a situation and to build other people. Instead of being a taker, you start becoming a giver. To find your purpose here, we have next steps. It's not just about your purpose in church, it's about your high calling in Christ. We've got ways for you to get involved. And it's not just in serving and opening a door or sitting people down or, or, or raising up the next generation in Kingdom Kids. We're all grateful for the team that makes Kingdom City a reality. But the truth is when people start to do things that are not about themselves, they start to come alive to the reason to which God created them. Because you can be confident in your purpose sometimes and still stagnant. Like you know what you're called to, but you feel like it's slowed down. I think to experience the life that God has for you, you have to refuse to settle. You gotta maybe even raise the level of your commitment. Liz said something uh, just previously about, she's proud of me for something I did yesterday. I'm not even telling you what that is, but you can find out on December 31st, that is a Sunday. You need to show up if you wanna hear the story. 
and it's New Year's Eve, and I believe it's gonna be the eve of something significant in your life and in our church, and you're just gonna have to show up. But you have to raise your level of, of commitment, commitment to it. I have a purpose, and you might know what the purpose is. You might even have a, an understanding of where you're gifted, where you're called, where you have influence, what, what God could do through your life. You, you think you might know some of it, but you have to have a commitment to that purpose, and commitment and lack thereof is costing us so much. Look at marriages. The rate at which people give up on the person they promise to love forever is a lack of commitment. There's a lack of communication. Elizabeth's talking about there's a financial strain. There's all sorts of tensions that could happen there. But ultimately, it's that people aren't as committed as they need to be. People move their jobs every 12 months. One in three, 30% plus, will change their job every single year. Why? Because they don't have a commitment to something. New Year's resolutions, come on, everyone knows. We're excited. We got a plan. We got a vision board. We're ready. Jan 1, we are in the gym. Jan 15, we are still at home. And we didn't even have the ability physically to drive to McDonald's. We door dashed, Uber Eats, Grubhubbed, because I can't even go that far. There's no commitment to it. And I don't say that to condemn, but to encourage you. You can do more. You don't strive to do something for God. You live from that perspective as a son and daughter of God. But when you know your purpose and you have a right perspective, you know what you're living for. A bigger life, a higher calling to make a difference in the world. Romans 8 verse 32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things. You know, when you have him, he has more for you to, to redeem your life. What I love about purpose, even in the midst of problems, pains, and failure, where you failed or life failed you, God redeems it. Do you know that's what Romans 8 also says? Verse 28, a couple of verses before. And we know that in all things, all things, all things, even the things you messed up on, even the things that society dealt you a bad hand. Maybe your family of origin didn't believe in you. Maybe they were absent. Maybe you tried in your own effort and you gave it your best and it still didn't quite work out. But in all things, God works for good. This is redemption. For those who love him and have been called according what, to his purpose. If we stay in purpose and we keep loving him, God has the ability to return, recycle, and redeem. Broken roads become places and bridges of blessing in the future because God isn't done yet. He gets the final say. When you live for purpose, God redeems even your pain points of life. And ultimately, it brings him glory and it moves you, moves you forward. You receive perspective and you have purpose. And with that, I'd like to give you your part to play. Peaceful persistence. Peaceful persistence. We live in a rise and grind culture, and I'm all about working hard. Do your work under the Lord. But we live in this world of Instagram motivation and, and, and TikTok motivation. You gotta get up at 4 a.m. and you gotta flex on everyone. You gotta make everything happen in your own ability. Well done to you, all the early risers and grinders. That's great. 
But we don't actually work and strive to secure something. We're already secure in him. That's that perspective piece. That's that purpose. That's that redemptive work. And so I'm peaceful. I'm at peace. Doesn't mean I'm problemless. Doesn't mean I've reached my full potential. Doesn't mean I have the most blessed marriage and the best family ever and I got a huge paycheck. Doesn't mean all those things. It means I'm at peace because I have a portion of Jesus on the inside of me. This is a gift from God. It is peace. Is that what we sing about? We sing about hope in this season. We sing about about joy, joy to the world. And we sing about peace. Why? Because the Bible tells us Isaiah prophesies that when Jesus comes, his gift will be the, it's the prince of peace, that he can carry the weight of the world uh, on his shoulders and he can carry your problems well. And it doesn't give you breakthrough in every area. It doesn't give you blessing all the time every single morning. No, he blesses you with his presence and in his presence you have peace. But in my peace, I don't just pause. I don't just rest. I don't just slumber. I don't just stay sitting down. I actually have persistence. I say it this way. We have a what? A peace for today and a hope for tomorrow. These are gifts that Jesus has given us. So we have peace right now, even when I got problems. But I've got hope for tomorrow that, that, that he is turning it around, that he isn't finished yet, that what maybe I feel like will never happen or it's taken way too long. I don't give up hope. I anchor, the Bible says, into my soul in his goodness and his grace that he's not done going to work for me yet. And so if I know who I am in Christ, and I know I have a purpose that's bigger than what I'm even experiencing right now. I can have peace right now, and he's my portion. And then I can have a hope for tomorrow, that he's holding me, helping me, opening doors I cannot see, and divinely aligning my life according to his, to his calling. I'm settled, but I'm still stepping forward. This is a gift, to be settled with where you're at in him but to still step forward to what he has for you. Do you see this? It almost feels oxymoronic. It feels like there's a tension there. But I can actually be at peace and still be persistent. And I would love to unlock this, not in January 1 for your life. Let's do it right here, right now. Let's no longer think that we're affirmed by the accolades of others, but we live from the affirmation of our Heavenly Father. That's perspective. Let's not just think about what we can get for ourselves, but God, in return to the one who's given me everything, what can I give back to you? That's purpose. That's how we live in the world around us. And then from that place, even though it isn't good in every area of my life, God is still good and he's with me and he's got me. I'm at peace, but I know I still have some parts to play. I got a hope for tomorrow that pushes me in to sacrifice and surrender and obedience so that I can experience his plan in my future. I've got persistence. You can run a nine-minute mile, one after the other. You can run a four-hour marathon. That's pretty amazing. That's an accomplishment. But some of us, this is what we do. We try to sprint out of the gate immediately, knowing that we're going to wear down. It's, it, the great runners of this world know just how to put one foot in front of the other. Persistence. They're not panicking and rushing to push. If you try to run a marathon in a series of sprints, you will hurt yourself and you will fail. But it's about, okay, uh, this is my my ability to accomplish right now. I'm just going to stay the course, one step in front of the other. Like 1% better every day is 365% better at the end of the year. So instead of like, okay, I know my marriage needs help. What what can I do right now? I'm going to do everything I can. No, 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 just daily, small decisions. 
I'm going to communicate. I'm going to love. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to fuel myself on God's word so I have something to give away. Uh, I, I, maybe they have a bad attitude. I'm not going to let it affect my attitude. But no, I'm not going to push them away. I'm going to listen and lean in. My kids are going crazy right now. What can I do? I'm going to bring in some structure, some order. I'm hiring a Navy Marine to come live in my house. He's going to teach these kids. No, it's just 1% every day. Peaceful, because it is going to happen over time. It's going to take progress over time. Patience, persistence. I stay the course. Before you know it, you have a marriage that is better than you could hope, dream, or imagine. Before you know it, your kids are starting to live right, act right, and honoring God. Before you know it, in your career, it's starting to work. It's starting to flow. It's starting to happen. Why? I didn't force it to happen in my own ability. I found the gray stone for today that gave me peace, and I made decisions to step into the next, just the next step he has for me, that's persistence. Galatians 5 verse 7 says, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you? You were, you were persistent. You were running the right race. You were at the right pace. You were at the right diligence. You were at the right cadence. But something cut in on you from obeying the truth. Someone let you down? Life let you down? Did someone not believe in you and you started to quit believing in yourself? Maybe it's a cycle of sin in your life. You're pretending, but you know who you really are, and without that confession, that prayer, that healing, it's holding you back. You feel it on the inside. How, what, what, what would it mean for you to get back on course in the race that God's called you, to stay persistent and to run your race? In Romans 15, it says this motivation, because it's peace for today and it's, it's hope for tomorrow. It's means the God of hope. He's not a God who has hope, he's the God of hope. And if you got God, you've got hope. Let him fill you with all joy and peace. There's all those Christmas words right there. Hope, peace, joy. In believing, that's your faith part. That's why we have to take daily steps. What we say here at Kingdom City is that destiny isn't a one big time decision. Destiny isn't a, a something, a door you just walk right in and you're there. No, it, destiny is a daily decision. To, to fulfill big purpose greater than, than you could hope, dream, or imagine, daily decisions. May the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the, by the power of the Holy Spirit. What a gift. That what's inside of you has already conquered death and the grave. That's why the Bible says greater is he that is in you than anything that's in this world, than any sense of rejection, any broken career moves, any busted up marriages right now. No, what's on the inside of you, the Holy Spirit will give you hope. It will give you peace. It will give you joy. What a gift. On your worst day, on your hardest moments, listen, you, maybe that's today for you. Maybe today is hardest season, greatest struggle. Man, I'm so glad you came to church today. But if that's you, listen, on your hardest day, it's still not a hopeless day because the God of all hope is a gift that you received in Christ. What a gift. The God who fills you with hope, fills you with joy, fills you with peace, is here right now, not in the room. Friend, he's in you. And if I have that on the inside, it does not matter what is happening on the outside. I might not like my scenario, I might not like my circumstance or situation, but what I have in the Holy Spirit on the inside, this gift from Jesus himself, he says, wait for the gift, I'm gonna send you the Holy Spirit. And in that I have hope, I have joy, I have peace. Friends, if you got those, what more do you need? God will work everything out if you can just hold on to that, that on the inside of, of you. 
And in this Christmas, I just, I pray and believe. That's what I'm believing for us as a church, for your life. You would just have a, not the power of positive thinking. I'm talking about faith. You would have faith in a divine outcome in every situation in your life, in your marriage, in the raising of your kids, in your career, in your physical health. You would have a, a positive expectation, not based upon good thoughts, listen, but based upon God's word. Good thoughts might, might make, make you a little dopamine hit in your brain, but God's word will bring destiny to your life. And here it says that every promise of God is yes and amen in Christ. What a gift. That if I have him, I got everything that unlocks every promise of God in my life. And if I would live according to God's word, not just reading it, and maybe not just even memorizing it, but living it. Slowly, persistently, from a place of peace, I would have a hope for my tomorrow, and God would lead me to great places. Would lead your life to great places. James chapter one says, this is God. This is what he is. This is what he does. He gives perfect gifts good gifts. Every good and perfect gift is from heaven. It's from above. It comes down from the Father of light. It illuminates. It even illuminates things in us God wants to change. One of the greatest gifts God could give you is a conviction in your heart that there needs to be a repentance, a change. But he gives you the grace to do it. It says, in God there's no variation. Shadows are turning. In other words, what you see is what you get. He is that good. Fill with life. Fill with every good gift every perfect gift back to the gift cards you have the card it has all the value on it it's just a representation of the value it's a physical representation of a, a value that you can't see but you have to use it in order to receive the gift the blessing the product whatever it is that you purchase you already have it but you haven't used it this is what many of you have in Christ. You got the word. It's a representation of the goodness of God and what he thinks about you. It gives you your perspective. It gives you your purpose. It gives you your peace. It shows you to keep going, be persistent. But you have to use it in order to receive it. In America, according to a survey, there is currently 130, listen, billion dollars of gift cards floating out there. Some of you have them burning a hole in your wallet. Come on, some of you, that you get it that day, you use it that day. E-gift cards. Some of you probably have some e-gift cards from someone that's sitting in your junk mailer right now, in your mail, because you didn't know it was there. But 130 billion, do you know that potentially 100 billion of that will go unused? Some of this is from a decade ago, still flown out there. All the potential in the world, already been paid for but not used. Oh, what do you have in Christ that's greater than every billion that's the richest of heaven in your life? All the in Christ potential in the world. It's already yours, but you're not using it. What would it look like if you start getting a right perspective of who you really are? What would it look like if you started fulfilling divine purpose? What would it look like if you were peaceful with where you're at with God right now, but you're still persistent for the more that he's created you for. All that you already have in him, the richness of heaven is on the inside of you, and God wants you to utilize it. God wants you to use it. God wants you to unwrap it. God wants you to live in it. And these are these tangible on the inside, but spiritual gifts that God has for you. 
Where do you have unfulfilled or wrong perspective? Where do you have unfulfilled potential, unfulfilled purpose? Where do you have an unfulfilled life? To give to Jesus is that can change right now. Right here, right now, all of that can change. Because the gift he's given you is for something bigger than you. But you'll never experience until you actually use it. Would you stand to your feet? I want to pray for you. Who here today says one of those gifts, two of those gifts, maybe all three of those gifts are for me? Come on, who can say that I, I need some of these gifts from God in my life? And I want more of them. I know there's more for me. I know there's more for you. And so we're going to believe that the gift isn't just revealed encouragement in a sermon. No, no, it's divinely unlocked and revealed in your life. Where are you still leaving the gift unused, the gift unwrapped, the blessing? still remains underneath the surface when God wants to bring it to life. Father God, I thank you for every heart and every life, every person, every individual, every story situation, every struggle that we're facing right now. And God, I thank you that you, through the gift of Jesus, would unlock everything you have for them. Not in even their own effort. Yeah, we've got obedience. Yeah, we've got steps and moves to make. But just by the grace of God, right here, right now, I thank you we would not leave it left behind. We would not leave it unfulfilled. We would not leave the gift unwrapped. And all the things you have. I think right now you're even speaking to hearts who they are in Christ. They are a son and a daughter of the most high, loving, perfect Father who has great plans for them. God, I thank you that they wouldn't live a life void of purpose. They would find their, in Christ, a perspective of themselves and also their Christ-given, God-given, Jesus-breathed, Holy Spirit-anointed, God-blessed purpose. God, I thank you that they would receive the peace that surpasses all understanding, would guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, and they would stay persistent on the course, leaning into you, and as you lead them and guide them to a life that's better than they're experiencing now, a life filled with your richness on the inside, and your favor, the favor of heaven would fall on their life, on their marriage, on their family, on their careers, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We're gonna do something together to unlock these gifts. You have communion on your seat. It's in our tradition here on the first Sunday of the month to receive it. And I thought we'd do it at the end because there's an unwrapping and you need to take some time to unwrap this because these take a while. But it's not at the unwrapping of this little juice and this little wafer. When Jesus, before he went to Calvary's cross, took his disciples in the, up, or in the last dinner, in that room, last supper, they... He said, hey, do this when you gather. Remember me. Remember me. This is how we do it. I'm going to give you physical representation of a spiritual gift I'm giving you. And so that's what we're doing here. We're going to take a physical representation of a spiritual gift on the inside. And as we receive this, what are we receiving? We're receiving the realities, listen, of a new and lasting covenant. God's already made the decision. He will keep his part of the bargain. The covenant is you have all of God all the time when you need it every single day. And it's also an understanding of who we are in Christ. We're not broken, we're made whole. We're not marginalized, no, 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 we're accepted and received. We're not left out, no, we're brought in when we're brought close. We're not our own ability, we are divinely enabled for the great things of God. Would you hold up the bread? Jesus, we thank you that you, you held up bread and you broke it and you said, this is like my body, this is me. And it was broken so that we don't have to live broken. 
We don't have to live defeated. Maybe we are experiencing discouragement, but I think even divinely as we take this natural item, there's a supernatural release of wholeness in our life. Then we would hold on to you. We would keep hoping and keep believing because if you went to the cross for us, what would you not do for us? Let's receive the bread. Jesus said this for us, it's a little cup of juice. But he says, this, this wine is like my blood poured out for you. And this Christmas, we're remembering the sacrifice of Jesus. God gave his only son, born in a manger, but he died for our sins. And how he was poured out as a dying sacrifice. Now we get filled up to be a living sacrifice. Thank you, Jesus, for your cross. Thank you for your blood that washes away our sin. It makes us right with God, but it also brings us into your family. Divine DNA is on the inside of us. We are sons and daughters of God. We've been accepted and we've been loved. Not just a little. No, you poured it all out for us. And so we receive it in and then we pour it out for you and for your glory and for your God-given purpose for each and every one of our lives that's receiving the cup. Just hold those in your hand for just a second. I want to take a moment for people to receive the greatest of gifts. If Jesus isn't first in your life, listen, if you never received Jesus as your Savior, what we just had right there is not a new covenant for you. It's a snack, the worst snack ever. Because it all starts with a one-time decision, a new beginning that says, I, I want to receive the gift of Jesus. Some of you, you're ready to get things right with God and get spirituality right. In January 1. Well, I don't know what you mean by spirituality, but what I'll tell you right now, you can have a relationship with God. And it, it comes by faith in your heart and this prayer that we're about ready to pray. It says, I, I want to receive the forgiveness of my sins. I want to be a son and daughter of God. I receive what you've already given me. I un unwrap the gift of salvation. For some of you, it's a turnaround time right now. You've been going your own way, and it's going the wrong way. And you know that He isn't Lord in your life. He isn't first in your life. It's time today to receive the gift that He goes first. And when He goes first, everything else gets divinely ordered. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes just to give space to the person next to us. If that is you this morning, maybe that's you watching online, maybe that's you at Lansing, and you cannot say that Jesus is first in your life, today is a day of turnaround for you. Or you've never said yes to the gift of Jesus. This is the greatest gift of all. With it is so many other special gifts, but this is the forgiveness of our sins and to be in the family of God. This is a forever decision that one day you'll be with him with eternity, but every day he's gonna be with you. If that is you, friend, with no one looking around, we're gonna pray one big prayer as a family of faith. But this is your moment to unwrap, unlock, to utilize the greatest gift of all. It is already yours. You just have to receive it to say yes to Jesus with no one looking around. If that is you, and today is a day of a new beginning or maybe a return to putting it first, if it's time to get right with Jesus, we just lift up your hand in this place and say, Pastor Kyle, that is me. I'm starting a relationship with Jesus. One, there's two, there's three, there's four of you. That's awesome. There's five, there's six, there's seven of you, there's eight of you, there's nine of you. I see you in the back. Come on. Maybe that's you online. Beautiful. You can put your hands down. Beautiful. I am so proud of every single one of you. God knew that today would be your day of salvation. And the future from this day forward is going to be filled with the goodness of God and the grace of God. 
Can we pray this prayer together all as one family of faith? Say this after me. Say, thank you, God, for loving me so much so. You sent your one and only son, born in a major, died on a cross, risen from the grave to give me forgiveness, to bring me salvation. Your grace is enough. God changed me. From this moment on, I am following after you. Jesus, you're first in every area of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And a celebration in the church goes on. Come on, let's give God some praise. Let's give him some glory. Oh, guys, nine people said yes to Jesus. Come on, that's, that's awesome. Hey, we have, we have some next steps for you. Come on, because some of you, you prayed the prayer before, and the difference is between this time and the next time is that you're going to take some persistent steps to go closer to him and experience more of him. Uh, before we, Chris comes to give us those, I wanted to say this. Next week, our Build Hope offering, our Build Hope giving is for every one of us. If this is your church, this is for you. And grab a packet if you don't have one on the way out. We're doing four big things. These are four stretch moves for us. And it's going to require all of us. This is all I ask you. You pray, and, and, and don't reason away. You pray and ask God your part to play at the end of this year and into next year. What we're going to do so that we can experience more than this nine salvations, we can see that happen all over the world through our impact, through our part to play together. And we're going we're gonna to fuel the vision forward because ultimately that's what we do as believers. We, we freely receive, we freely give. And next week is not just, a, it's not an offering. It is a celebration. There's a great message. It's going to be a, a, a blessing for your family. And we're going to celebrate through generosity, through praise and worship, all that God has done and all God wants to do in our future. Amen? Amen. Church, Merry Christmas. I love you very much. Chris.